Hello and welcome. This is the Future Family Podcast. I'm Blake. I'm Tanner. And I'm Cody. This week we are not sponsored by Dave Ramsey. Dave Ramsey. I think he said something about envelopes one time. He did. So, Good job, Blake. Uh, do that. <laughs> folks uh i have to say it we have some of the best supporters and listeners in the entire podcasting universe you hear that any if downs we have yeah any for downs any for downs so we wanted to do more uh, of an interactive element with our friends listeners uh, on the podcast so we're starting with this episode a q a episode on our social media accounts over the last week or so We've prompted you to ask us anything, and you did just that. So here's our attempt to answer your wild, interesting, absurd, and serious questions. You guys ready? Yes. Ready. Absolutely. All right. First question to start us off. Uh, On average, how often does Cody use the word baby during our planning meetings or pre-show meetings? Now, I have a... 27. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I have a a follow-up question. (laughs) And this is something I would like to know. Do I use baby a lot on the on the podcast? And I'm sure some some devoted listener is going to have like a, a like a, a ticker that they just tweet at us every time. That's like Cody has now said baby 46 times throughout the future. <laughs> podcast. If we have any, do, do we know? Do we know who asked this question? I is did. that allowed? To, I feel like that was AJ. It was AJ. Good job, Cody. <laughs> I knew, I knew it was freaking. I was about to say, if, if it's if somebody knows Cody outside of the podcast, then they have heard the term "baby" for sure. Uh-huh. So, what you guys need to know is that when I'm on the podcast, I'm on the podcast, and I am in business professional mode. You guys don't know this. I wear a full three piece suit every time we record. Yes. I'm <laughs> that serious about this. But when it's pre show, and when I'm just hanging with these boys, you know, just chilling, watching sports games. I say baby a lot. That is true. Yeah. This is I do say baby. Cody, Cody like getting, a, a, getting a little deep here. Do you know where that originated? Like in I your do, actually. vernacular? Who, who I do, brought actually. that into your life? I don't really listen to this podcast a whole lot anymore, but I used to listen to a podcast called The Happy Rant. Right. I don't have anything against the podcast. I just kind of stopped listening to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but a, The Happy Rant is with these three guys, Barnabas Piper, uh, Ted Cluck and Ronnie Martin and Ted and Ronnie are big fans of the movie swingers mm-hmm. and where that, where baby is used between two dudes a lot. And so they just adopted that into their vernacular <laughs> and I then adopted it into mine. So that's pretty much how it nice. works. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. That's a long way of saying the happy rant who got it from swingers. Right. Mm-hmm. Cody, do you mind? You can obviously say no and just edit this out, but do you mind telling the story of you and Blake in a gas station that involves this word? Oh, not at all. So, so here's here's what happened. Um, I think we were gonna make 
pancakes? Yes, pancakes after a football game one night. After a football game. So this gas station was like super crowded. Uh, And we were like, well, we need milk. So we go to this gas station that's on the way to Aspen and we're picking up milk and uh, Blake has it in his hand and I like reach out to grab it. And we're in a line with um, these folks are, um, um, how do I say this? Uh, their country, you know, their country. <laughs> so, uh, Blake has, Blake has this gallon of milk and I reach out and I'm like, let me buy that. And he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. And I say louder than I've ever said anything in my life. Oh baby, you're too sweet to me. And I <laughs> swear to you, I felt the beaming eyes of every individual in that gas station being like, well, that boy's a homosexual. <laughs> Straight, just Dead on me. Dead Cody, on me. Cody in a cardigan. And also we were at the register. So the that is true. person checking us out also heard. <laughs> I was. I was in a maroon cardigan, which uh, um, may not have been helping my case there. So It was awesome. It was great. Yeah, that was a good time. That was a good time. Great. Um, AJ, answer, it would not be the first time. Yeah. It, Go ahead. <laughs> AJ, to answer your question, I would say on average probably about seven times per pre-show meeting. Um, if we have any tech friendly listeners, if you want to set up a bot that just listens to our podcast and <laughs> marks down whenever he does say it, I imagine yes. it's lower. I imagine he, he's, I'm still at 27. Like that's would, a, that's a generous estimate. Mm. Who would, who would be the listener that would set up a bot? Because I think I know who it is, but I just wondering if you guys do, there is a right answer to this question. <laughs> I don't, I don't know the answer. It's Brady. It's a hundred percent. Brady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, right. You know what to do. He knows. He knows the guy. I'm sure that would be able to do it. That's it. So our next question, a little bit more of a serious one. How big would you say finding? And I'm sure we'll we'll make it stupid like we always do. But how big would you say finding Christian community is compared to being a loner and uh, trying to do it yourself? Big, huge. Do you guys just stole what I said? <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I mean, I'll like this is. I feel like how we kind of all got like Tanner, Cody and I, how we got close was because we were in community together. I mean, we also lived together, but we mm-hmm. talked and we had discussions and we had fellowship, I guess. So it's just huge, especially in college. Um, I would say, I mean, in high school, every, every season of life, I feel like it's, um, I, I feel like it should be a priority. So it's very important. I'd say that it's very important to, uh, start developing, um, kind of the the habit of finding Christian community while you're in college, because I think, and uh, Blake, I know, especially can attest to this Tanner. I'm sorry. Tanner's job is, is with the church, but it's, it's easy to, when you get into the young adult world, make it less of a priority. Um, and I've heard people say, and this may or may not be true. I've heard people say that when you get married, it's also a little bit easier to make it less of a priority. Is that true, Blake, or am I off base on there? Yeah. I mean, but Jen and I, we actually wanted to anti, like we wanted to reach out because we heard like when we were in our season of engagement, they were like, man, after people get married, they just become recluses and never talk to anybody, right. never get outside of their bubble. Um, but that was actually a point that we wanted to like combat because we, I mean, we, we've seen how we would just love to just hang around the house all day and not do anything, literally just be together. Yeah. Um, but we were like, I mean, we have so many great people that we've met and in Jackson at our church, we've had friends that were living here already. So we're like, man, we have so many opportunities to just reach out and have community and have people in our lives. Um, but to attest the the whole like changing 
seasons, I guess, going from college to uh, young adult working world, really changing any like changing locations, uh, different yes. times in your life. Any of mm-hmm. that is is tough for like fostering community because I mean, you have you make great friends like in college. We made really great connections, had deep friendships, and then you move and you pretty much cut ties and you lose a lot of that. Um, so it's hard yeah. to kind of just pick up and start over, but I would, I feel like it's needed to do that, to, to at least try, because I mean, there are going to be other people in whatever new season or new area that you're living in that is uh, really, maybe you are needed in their life or they're needed in your life or vice, whatever that looks like. Yeah. I think like um, Blake, I, I just want to camp out on like five different things you said, because I think it's, it's massively important Um not just for your own benefit, but because you bring something to the church for the church to benefit from. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, like you were just saying, I mean, like just looking at, just looking at like you and Jen, right? Like the people that you guys know and the people that you guys are friends with and are inviting kind of into your, your marriage, they are getting massive benefits just from getting to know you guys and seeing like your guys' marriage and your guys' life and your guys' hospitality. That's why I really, and I, I think you hit the nail on the head with the, it's easy to recluse away, but it's completely necessary to make a really conscious effort to invite people in. Yeah. And I think that kind of hospitable marriage, I always, I have just massive kudos um, to anyone who like holds that, uh, holds that idea. And Blake, like you were saying, I do think it's massively necessary when you move. I moved uh, like five different times. Yeah, you have a great example. I mean, you've you co-opted in five different cities in yes. America. Yes. So and you it was still super found weird. community, right? Right. So um, I just really I, I wanted I knew that I needed in those five different cities. I needed the church around me. So I really tried to find a small group in each of those five different cities. And let me tell you, um, I didn't. In all of those, I did not get near as deep with those people as I would have wanted to because it was just three months. Mm-hmm. But having that community in all five of those little three-month segments was it made it it made it so much better. And my growth as a believer just like exponentially because of that community that I was around. So that's mm-hmm. I would say huge, humongous, mucho important. Tanner, I'm sorry, I've been I've been talking a whole lot. Do you got anything on that? Um, there's a question that's similar to this later on that I'll add some too. But I think, yeah, definitely, um, kind of the crux of this question, um, of the that we're let me read it again. How big would you say finding Christian community is compared to being a loner and trying to do it yourself? I think that last part, um, being a loner and doing it yourself, is becoming um, easier to do with like social media, mm-hmm. with um, church online and things like that, which are great things in and of themselves and can be used for good things. But it's, there's just something um, not only unique, but super beneficial to all parties involved, like you guys have pointed out, when that community is together where they meet, you know, whether it's over a meal or over just reading of the word, whatever it may be, that we can kind of help each other out in all stages of life, mm-hmm. um, or at least all that, you know, that person allows you to be a part of um, is just mutually beneficial. And it just points to something um, that only Christ can do in bringing very different people together. So, yeah, that's good. 
Well, all right. Um, from that awesome question to a, a less serious question, uh, but a really easy question. Superman or Batman? Question mark. No parameters. No parameters at all. Right. So that was my question. Is Superman or Batman? In why? what scenario? As a good hang? Because Superman is for sure not a good hang. Let's be clear with <laughs> that. It's an awful hang. Uh, in a fight? In a fight against each other? In a fight for my heart? <laughs> a lot of good options. Yeah. Um, I'll say the parameters. Uh, who would be better at doing your taxes? Okay, I like this. Um, Superman for sure. Because even though Batman is super rich, uh, he just seems to me like uh, uh, not wise with his finances. See, I'm going to disagree. Um, I'm going to say Batman ooh, because I think he knows how to crunch the numbers, kind of you know, cut some corners that are, I don't know, He's all for justice, and there's a little bit of more ambiguity. But whoa, I see where you're going mm, with this. You're telling me you can get the best bang for your buck with Batman. (laughs) Wink, nudge. (laughs) You're telling me that if Superman was doing your taxes, he'd be like, you know, Cody, you actually missed these three sources of incomes last year that you need to pay taxes on. (laughs) Exactly, he's just a big boy scout. Batman would be like. There's this code in like rural Wyoming that lets you get around it. Yeah, if you just <laughs> so we're gonna get you a timeshare there. <laughs> yeah, it's Batman like, for me. Batman. Okay. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, one on one fight. Who you got? Ooh, I gotta go, Superman. I know that's a spicy opinion, but Superman. I think it's a that's a majority opinion for most. I agree. I agree. I don't know. But, I feel like, well, I have a lot of friends who are diehard Batman, like, and, and maybe so biased that they think he's invincible. Because he is. They're correct. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you know, I've got to pick Superman, but I've got to give you the honest answer that Aquaman just takes them both to town. I mean, <laughs> we all know this. I mean, he just like summons a giant goldfish to pee on both of them. That's... I could leg up. <laughs> I think yeah, I could leg up. I think I've pretty much covered the comics right there. For our local comic book nerds uh, that are listeners, uh, Batman is the right answer. I mean, he has literally fell safes to beat everyone in the Justice League, guys. I mean, uh, he does have kind of the Tony Starkish, uh, you know, get get every every scenario right planned for kind of mindset. So. I mean, guys, read your comics. What are you guys? So you're telling like, me. He has that thing that can beat Superman. Yeah, it's called kryptonite. It's it's just a rock, and you make it into a bullet, and you just shoot him. Yeah. But suit, but uh, but Superman has the name uh, Martha, as we all know. Oh yeah, we do have Martha. Batman (laughs) beats Superman. (laughs) (laughs) What did you say? (laughs) True. And then there's gonna be the people that say, "Well, he's faster than a bullet." I don't know. Good question, guys. (laughs) They should make a movie about it. Especially a great idea for a movie. Yeah. I'll have to write that down. All right. Next question on the line of, um, I guess it mostly fictional, but if you could recast any character in a TV show or movie, who would it be? And who would you cast instead? And why? Hmm. This is from Bartow, by the way, the Ooh. entire cast of friends 
with baked potatoes like because it. it would be probably even more comedy. <laughs> Cody, it was nice knowing you on this podcast. I'm sorry, everyone. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. I'm thinking of multiple people who listen who love Friends <laughs> <laughs> right now and who are fuming. But um, my answer, I think, would be uh, <laughs> Tobey Maguire replacing Nick Cage in the 2014 film Left Behind. Um, I feel like his emotional wow. intelligence uh, would have just been portrayed in a greater, uh, at a greater level than Nick uh, portrayed. So that's going to be my answer. Interesting. Yeah. So my answer is actually kind of along the same vein, Blake. Um, I would like to recast the two lead characters of God's Not Dead. Uh, so I'm, of course, referencing wait, wait, wait. the atheist. The first one, the God's Not Dead. The, God's Not Dead one. I haven't seen any of the other ones <laughs> yeah, because seven. I care about myself. Um, so God's Not Dead one, you've got the atheist professor mm-hmm. and you've, of course, got uh, the kid, right? Your atheist professor, I'm recasting as Danny DeVito mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Um, and the kid, I'm very, I'm very stumped on this one. I was between uh, the guy that played Pennywise the Clown and It. Mm. <laughs> and option number two was Finn Wolfhard from Stranger Things. Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I, like I, like I just want everyone to imagine Finn Wolfhard versus Danny DeVito in a, in a battle of faith. This is yelling and yelling. This is a movie that I want to see. So that's me. And you know what listeners, if you would recast both of those people in God's not dead, send us your, send us your, your cast. I I actually very much want to hear these. Yeah. With any of these questions, if you have something that you think is better than our answers, which it probably isn't, uh, just let us know. Yeah, but specifically, if you could recast That's the cast of God's yeah, Not Dead. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. Um, mine. This is someone that is for the longest time. I think it's just someone that's been overrated. Uh, Cody, you just we we discussed this beforehand. Um, you don't have to be on my side, I but but I think we need to recast uh, Andy Griffith in the Andy Griffith Show. Um, yes, obviously. The worst part of it. Yes. I mean, there is like he's the sheriff of a small town and we should question his morals, his character. I mean, Andy Griffith was not a good guy. Right. We all know like the character. We all know that Andy Griffith was selling edibles to Barney. Right, as an so, as an enabler. So, <laughs> recast that's him. just common common knowledge, Blake. Robert De Niro, as you're saying. Robert De Niro <clears throat> doesn't change his accent. He doesn't bring a Southern accent to be from Mayberry. He brings okay. like a Brooklyn accent. Mm. Uh, I can't get on that. Train. All right. Well, I was just joking, anyways. Um, okay. Andy Griffith is <laughs> the perfect person yes, for Andy Griffith, right? Yeah. Um. Really, though. One that I have thought about a long time, um, Dumbledore in Harry Potter. And I'm kind of iffy about this one because, of course, you had the original Dumbledore, if you guys have seen it. Great. Uh, it was Richard Harris. He passed away after the first movie, and they recast him with some guy that did, eh, in my opinion. I think 
they should recast the second Dumbledore with Jared Harris, Richard Harris's son, who have you guys seen uh what's the Sherlock Holmes movie? You know, with Robert Downey Jr. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the second one? Yes. All right. Yes. Uh, Jared Harris plays Moriarty. Oh, I like him. Yeah. Yeah. He's in the new, yeah, yeah. Uh, Sharon Noble um, on HBO. He's been on The Crown he on Netflix. Is yeah. He played. Uh, he played King George, right? Correct. Dude, I freaking loved him in that show. Yes. Even though he was only in it for spoiler alert, like two episodes, but right. Um, he was amazing. Yeah, I think he would have been. He would have done a good job. I mean, carried kind of a. He, he can do like his dad's voice pretty well. Um, or if that doesn't work because he's too young, just recast him as young Dumbledore in the latest Fantastic Beasts. But nonetheless, Jared Harris. Strong pick. Can I change my answer for God's Not Dead? I've got a better one. Go for it. <laughs> Professor, follow me here. Professor Will Ferrell. Mm. The kid, Andy Samberg. Mike, Mike Drop. That's who we need right there. Strong. Next question. Strong. Why was that an SNL parody of it? Oh well. That should. Oh gosh, I would watch. I would. I would hit the subscribe button so fast. Next. You. <laughs> oh, is it me? Gosh, dang it again. I'm so sorry. Okay. This is from JoJo. Oh, this one's. This one would be from JoJo. All right, JoJo Moss asked us. If y'all could have either pancakes for hands or maple syrup for sweat, which would it be and why? All right. I think my answer makes sense. I'd take the syrup for sweat and just put on a lot of antiperspirant, you know, just deodorant. Just drench your body. Yeah. Deodorant full of aluminum, um, you know, things like that. (laughs) And then I just wouldn't have to deal with the syrup. Does that make sense? Uh, Tanner, you just came back from Oregon. What are you doing talking about this deodorant <laughs> with aluminum in it? You know what? We have to die some way. I'd rather be that than uh, a gunshot. I don't know. <laughs> that's, that's the only alternative, right? I, exactly. I would choose syrup, syrup as well. Um, but I'm thinking more of turning that to profit. So I would uh, be running. Uh-huh. I would have like a... At my local IHOP, I would have a treadmill in IHOP. And so it would be pretty much like, oh, did y'all go to the IHOP with the guy who sweats syrup? And like people use the syrup that I sweat for their actual pancakes. Here's the thing, though. This would be a dated reference, but then you're just going to be the elephant man. Everyone's going to come see you, and you're just going to be that guy. They're not going to love you for you. Think about all of the followers I would have on Instagram that I could then promo the future family podcast that we could then become um, number one on iTunes. Here's the thing though. We are not sponsored by anybody. Yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we have syrup man. syrup man could be the first one. This week we are sponsored by <laughs> syrup man. <laughs> Great superhero name. Great superhero name. Oh geez. Cody, what you got? Oh, I have to answer this question. Um, This feels like an entrapping question to me. This feels like this question was designed specifically to trap Cody Hasselbring because I love breakfast food. And Blake, give me a, give me a quick estimate. How many times do you think I made pancakes while we were living together? Oh, um, upwards of, it was probably 27 actually. It definitely feels like it was somewhere in that neighborhood. Probably as many pancakes were made by me 
as many songs the Newsboys have come out with since uh, the 1990s. <laughs> albums, 27. Um, albums, yeah. So um, I think, so assuming that the pancake hands regenerate mm. and assuming that they have chocolate chips inside of them, uh, mm. I would obviously pick uh, pancake mm. hands uh, such that I could just never have to cook them again, but just consistently eat them. Interesting. You know? Um yeah, I'd sacrifice the use of my hands for for pancakes. Yeah, see, I like that. That sounds. But there's nothing for me. There's nothing worse than like just a soggy pancake. Instead mm-hmm. of just washing, I don't know. Would you have to wash your hands if they're pancakes? Ah, uh, getting ooh, it. You're wash them. Wash them in my syrup. Oh, <laughs> I come with syrup. Yeah, I would. I would. <laughs> I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. On to the next question. Uh, this wow. one's a little, uh, a little more serious. Um, but Tanner, again, you have to do so much editing for this freaking episode. <laughs> You're great. <laughs> We're sorry. Um, but no, next question. How do you practice being grateful when it's hard to be thankful for what you have? One thing that I try to do, um, just for me, like I need to stop from like needing to uh, be grateful about something or notice myself being kind of selfish or anything like that. Um, and my thoughts and whatnot, I just need to stop, whether it be like get away. Sometimes I go, we have a lake in Grenada. I'd go find like a, a spot, not really many people around, sit down and just kind of write down what you're thankful for. Um, I heard Annie F. Downs mention on her show a few times of just like writing things down and people, um, for instance, like one thing for her was like writing people that have come into her life that are like new friends over the last year or so. Um, and that just ends up leading to, Excuse me. That, that ends up leading to thoughts of other friends that have like impacted your life, things like that. Mm-hmm. And so, if it is a friend, you know, maybe give them a call, give them a text, check in on them, or just tell them, "Hey, I'm thankful for you." Um, but just writing things down, and then um, for a lot of, I think for a lot of people, it, that list can keep on going past a number that you could ever expect, or just going kind of piece by piece, and just whether praying over it or thinking about if it's a certain thing, um, how that has benefited you or how that has turned from something small into something big or how God has used it. And so I guess to take that long answer and make it short, just stop, get away and contemplate. So like silence and solitude. Mm, That's good. I was going to retweet what you said about writing it down. Um, I feel like, so last week, Jen was uh, at a orientation for the school that she's going to. And one of the professors was telling them, a practice that he does. He has a great a gratitude journal. So every morning, the first thing he does is he writes down something he's thankful for um, or something that he's grateful that he has in his life. And in my mind, I was like, dang, that can become like, I don't know, too ritualistic or too like that you lose the beauty of being grateful. But I was like, man, that's actually a, a pretty cool practice that you consciously sit down and, okay, what am I grateful for today? Um, but another thing I thought of uh, was kind of like what you said um, about just kind of getting away, Um, get off social media. Like if you're having a hard time um, being thankful for what you have, sometimes that's because you're comparing your life to everyone else around you. And it can be hard, like feeling grateful, feeling thankful when you feel like everybody else has some, something so much better. Um, So if you're in that season or if you're in that rut, 
take a few weeks, take a week off of social media and just kind of focus on what you have, everything that you have, um, everything that you've been blessed with. So that's my, answer. I liked it. And, uh, I think like for me, um, my kind of response to this is oftentimes I, I find myself struggling to be, uh, grateful for the things in my life as well. And I think that the thing that often helps me a lot is remembering that, um, gratefulness for the blessings in your life has to start with, um, gratefulness for your relationship with Christ. Uh, contentment in Christ kind of has to be the bedrock that everything else is grounded on. Uh, and like the, the example that I used in my notes was like, if I'm rooting my joy in my job, I can be thankful for my job, but probably only as long as it's going well. Mm. But when my job starts not going well, I don't think I'll be able to be thankful for it or at least not near as easily. Yeah, that's good. Um, so I need to have something that I've got a deeper joy in, um, before I can start to worry about my gratefulness for the things that I've been given. My gratefulness for the things that I've been given needs to roll up into my praise of God, who himself is like the greatest gift. So that's kind of my, the, the, the practical of it is if you find yourself struggling with gratefulness, start with the gospel. Um, remind yourself of your gratefulness of the gospel. And then I think once you're grateful for that, you'll find yourself being a lot more grateful for the other things that you that you have or the position that you're in and all that yeah. kind of thing. Um, I think that's like the Philippians 4, uh, 12 and 13 kind of really speak to that. Mm-hmm. No, I just said the verse. Oh no, I'm flexing. <laughs> oh. I'll, I'll quote the verse for you, 13, if you want me to. <laughs> Blake was in sports. That's not fair. <laughs> Is this next one my question? No, it's fine. Oh, <laughs> all right. Next question. That was a good question. Um, what are some suggestions on finding community? This person added, I've been at the same church for five years and still struggle with this. Um, I can start us off. I think, yeah, I think yeah. one thing uh, that helped me out just in college and you guys are a testament to this is don't limit community to like just your church. I know. Um, and, and having community within your church is great and, and we should push for it and strive for it. Cause I think it makes serving in church and doing like small group and stuff like that. Um, easier in a sense, but having a, a wider community. So having friends that maybe attend other churches or uh, maybe are even in another denomination like Blake and Cody. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it makes uh, for your faith to be more robust, but also um, kind of just widens your horizons as well as don't take like rejection too personal. Um, I think it's like you kind of yeah. like start to be intentional and in, in asking like people in your church, if you want to hang out or something like that and they just can't uh, don't take that as like, there's something wrong with you. Just realize like for most college students, young adults, um, like schedules are busy and it's really easy to, for any of us to find our click and stay within it. And so don't take that as something that is wrong with you. I know I am the world's worst at that. Like if someone doesn't want to hang out one night, even though I think we've hit it off real well, it's because it's something I did or there's something wrong with me. Um, See, I think those two things don't limit your community to your church and don't take rejection too personal are two good first steps in that. That's good. And like, I would say this, this is always such a really tough question because when it comes to someone finding community, especially at a church, which it seems like this question is revolving around, 
both you and the church have uh, roles in finding community. Um, and so it's really hard to advise without knowing the specific situation. So like, for instance, there's some churches that may have lots of opportunities to find community, but people don't seek it. And then there might be times where someone is doing every effort to seek community, but it's just not happening. Mm -hmm. So since I don't really know, and I can't advise like your, your church as a whole, the only advice I have is like for the, the listener that asked this question, but just don't hear me saying like, it's, it's all on you because the church does have Absolutely. some responsibility. Yeah. Um, but I think like one thing that I would say is first off, if there is a small group program, I would, I would always do small groups. That's actually, that was kind of my fast track into community on those five co-op terms we talked about earlier was uh, I, I really just delved full deep into those uh, small groups. And then the other thing that I would suggest is man, like if, if you long for community, um, I would just encourage you to say that, especially if you're like a young professional, which is, I feel like where this question gets brought up a lot, there are, um, all the other young professionals in your church are probably longing for community just as much as you are. Uh, and that is the thing I would encourage you toward. Cause I know there's kind of like, ah, what if it's like a nuisance or what if they don't want to do it? I can almost guarantee you that if you've got a church with any amount of young professionals, they're probably looking to get together. So I would say, man, just try something. Um, for instance, I like just recently with the people in my church, like tried, Hey, let's all get together for trivia. And we have like a team of eight that's meeting up next week now. Um, just, just for fun, that uh, you may have to be the organizer and it's tough and it's uncomfortable and it's awkward. But I think that, um, I think that if you long for the community and it's not happening, I would say just try something out. Um, this listener may have already. And if, if you have, I'm, I'm sorry to like double advise you there, but that's my advice in the area. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it is hard. And I mean, sometimes it's just awkward to make those first steps or to, to reach out and to say, Oh, you want to like form this or hang out? Or if you want to, I don't know. Sometimes those interactions are hard, especially if you're like an introvert, if you don't like initiating those, those scenarios. Um, one quick example, Jen and I um, at the new church we're going to here in Jackson, uh, like the first month, month or two months, we, uh, we would see this couple that would sit like across the way or in front of us one Sunday. And we're like, man, they seem like pretty cool people wish we could hang out with them or wish somehow our paths would cross. And all we really had to do was go talk to them and like reach out to them. Um, and then I don't even, I think we were serving together one Sunday uh, with the hospitality team and we just like, Hey, we've seen you all around. We haven't really met y'all yet. Exchange numbers. And like, they're some of our best friends right now. They're just, they're awesome. Um, so that's a, a successful example. And like Cody said, you might not have, as successful as examples um, or successful attempts. But uh, I think Tanner said, uh, be okay with rejection. Yeah, that's that's kind of hard. Or there's like murky waters. There's just a lot of ebbs and flows to finding community. Um, but obviously we stress it's important. Um, so keep trying. That would be my uh, yeah. final final word of advice. Absolutely. Don't don't give up if it doesn't happen the first time. Yeah. And and for sure. If you don't find it, it's not a reflection on you. It's just things yes. things don't fit. You move on. You keep going. So Yes, agreed. Um, okay. So next question. If you could witness any miracle in the Bible, which would you choose? Jesus 
healing the blind man, hands down. Why? I would have asked him. I would have, it would have been cool, I think, because the, the boy was born blind, um, is what the Bible says. But after the miracle happened, after he saw, I would have asked Jesus, mm-hmm. I'm like, not criticizing, but why did you spit into the ground, make some clay, <laughs> and then put that on the boy's eyes? Could you have not just said, open up your eyes, you can see? I would just propose, I would have proposed that question to see what the answer would have been. Maybe it's something like, I don't know, I just wanted to be oh, cool and play in the, the mud or something. Um, or it could have been like that was what he needed. I don't, I don't know. I was just, just kind of curious. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to sound too, uh, uh, Hey Jesus, look, I know this miracle thing is going to your lane and all. And so like, uh, I don't really want to, but like, I've been like, that wouldn't have been my move. If, if Jesus said, Hey, pray for this man, <laughs> pray that he receives, receives sight. Yeah, like if you're one of the disciples and you see him being like, I'm going to go heal this blind man. You're like, oh, sweet, cool. And then he spits in the ground and you're like. Mm-hmm. Like you, you then create that formula for every blind person you encounter. And then just fuck up. No, I, yeah. Was it was it like a loogie spit or was it like a just, you know. Kind well, of, so let me read the King James Version of First John chapter 9. You're lying. First John. Uh, I mean, not first John of John chapter nine, verse six, when he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay. Okay. So yeah, it was the, it was the, <laughs> spittle. the spittle. It doesn't say like he hocked up a big and, no. and just, just slammed spat. it in the middle. He spat just, on the ground. Okay. And then verse seven said, he said, go wash, uh, in the pool of Siloam. Uh, and then, he went his way, and he washed, and he came back with sight. So, can, Tanner, since you're the seminary student, can you do a word study on uh, spit for us and Dude, tell I us to logos right now? The etymology <laughs> of it? Okay, while while you're doing that, I'll give mine. I don't know, just cool miracle, interesting miracle. That'd have been a cool yeah. witness. It's a good one. Um, after like two seconds of thought, uh, I believe that the one miracle I would like to see is what I believe is Jesus's creepiest miracle. Uh, and that is the exorcism of the the dude with like ten billion demons hey, living in Legion. him. Uh, yeah, into the pigs, dog. I've been reading a lot of Stephen King. That just vibes with me. I mm. wanna, I wanna see the creepiness of that thing, dude. Because yeah. that dude, that dude was messed up. Yeah, I kind of want to see it. That's the a weird good part of me wants to see it. That's a really good answer. Hmm. The other one that I was thinking of is like, uh, is uh, him breaking the the bread. And stuff, right? Um, you know, feed. I, love, I don't. What? What? What are they doing? What are they doing? I don't. I don't. I don't you know, know that. Breaking the bread and stuff. <laughs> what he fed the bunch of people, the five thousand. You know, I'm embarrassed. Stop. <laughs> but uh, no, I would like to see that from a scientist's point of view, just because it's like he was breaking the law of conservation of man. I think I don't know yeah. unless everybody just had like a really tiny crumb and it like expanded Eucharist style yeah. but instead of turning from bread to like flesh it turned from like bread to to more bread you know right. I don't know Tanner please do your answer 
Wow. I think, <laughs> listeners, let's just uh, sit in that. Him breaking the thread and stuff. Yeah. Uh, be <laughs> uh, mine, I had one for the New Testament, one for the Old Testament. New Testament, simple. I forgot that there's Old Testament characters. Yeah, you're just like, throwing yourself under the bus. <laughs> <laughs> Um, no, I'd say the New Testament wine, Jesus' first miracle. Uh, that'd been just pretty cool to be backstage and be like, Look at all these barrels of water. Whoa, um, <laughs> all right. And I think parting of the Red Sea, uh, would be pretty cool. Like, was it like, yeah, was it like a gelatin type wall? Was it like still kind of <laughs> rowing, not rowing, but flowing? Um, I think that's been pretty cool. Could you walk through the wall into the water and then walk back? Mm, that'd be a good good question. Uh, These are all the so questions. Could you like stick your hand That's through good. all that? Interesting. Yeah. That's good. Um, all right. Next question. A little bit more on the serious side. What is your best advice for transitioning into the young adult working life? Tanner. Um. I think you need to just like prolong it for the most amount of time as possible um, and bottle all of your emotions and then just die. Smart. Mm. Conceal, don't feel, don't <laughs> let them know. Uh, that's, that's funny. Um, <laughs> my simple answer You're would right. be ask questions. Um, be a learner. Don't act like you have it all together. I feel like sometimes college graduates can be like they're on top of the world, which, yeah, you got that feeling. You just finished a lot of school um, Mm -hmm. and grueling time, but you're entering a different arena and there are things that you don't know. And there are questions that you're going to ask. So ask them um, and just be a learner still. Like, even though you, you just had a lot of schooling, keep, keep being, have, or keep having that mindset of, I'm not the smartest here, so teach me what I need to know. So That's good. And then for me, I'm going to give a total Enneagram 7 answer. Uh, and that is find some hobbies. Uh, when you first get into your young adult working life, you've got like, you've got basically just some amount of disposable income. You've got a lot of free time. Uh, I think that, that you can like learn some really cool stuff in that time period. I recently just for kicks, like started learning cello, started working at a bakery, which like in Tanner were mad that I didn't tell them. About. <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, I, I honestly do think that when you get into the young professional world, you've all of a sudden got a lot of time that you didn't have in college to, to just learn what's fun for you. Um, rather than learning like what you have to at that very moment, um, like read some books you've been meaning to read. Uh, if you've always wanted to learn how to like do some woodworking, Home Depot has free DIY classes, you know, like a quick little Google search. And I think you can find some, some really cool stuff to just say that you, you learned and did when you were a young adult and it's not all like insane expensive. So that's my advice. That's good. Can I redeem myself? Yeah, totally. Okay. Um, I mean, really just to echo what you two just said, like find something to do. Um, don't make like your occupation, your entire identity, find community, um, really enjoy like the day that you're in. Don't like, like look forward to oh, five or 10 years from now. I won't be in this job and I'll 
be better and all this stuff make the the most of um what you have today also there was a follow-up question to this this might give away um who asked it so i'm sorry but um let me find it real quick the follow-up was also when is cody going to put a ring on this finger <laughs> oh <On my> finger? <laughs> <laughs> on the, the questioner's finger. Oh, the question that we've all been waiting for. I forgot she uh, asked that. <laughs> are you going to say it now? or? Well, Scarlett Johansson, I just have to I gotta save up for a ring. No, I just can't. Can't just be. Can't just be out here. We're not all big superstars out in Avengers movies. Mm-hmm. No. You financially no, responsible young man. Wow. Yeah, like, we got to be fiscally responsible. Mm, before mm, we mm, mm. Of course. <laughs> Natural. <laughs> All right. Next. That transitions <laughs> so well to the next question, which is who's the best future family girlfriend slash wifey? Tanner's. Yeah. Hands, hands down. down. <laughs> I forgot y'all met her last <laughs> week. <laughs> Dude, when she, when she came over oh my gosh, and yeah. like made that, that like chicken chowder, I was transported. Like, I was like Tanner, wipe her up in two seconds. I was a little. I didn't. I didn't think chicken chowder could be as good as that chicken chowder was. And let me tell you, I'm not a chicken chowder fan, but that chicken chowder was the best chicken chowder I've ever had, ever. And and Blake, do you remember when uh, when that guy in the restaurant started choking and she went over and did an open heart surgery on him just right there? Yeah, I didn't. Man. I, I, right before I passed out from all the blood, I remember it just being such a heroic act. Like in the moment, almost just like instantly, she was the one saving the day. I was like, wow. And then, dude, what a hero. God. What a hero Brie Larson is, mm-hmm. truly. It's, it's awesome. my bride. Truly. That's my bride. Oh, Next question. Go to Reeves. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm embarrassed. No, is uh, we're gonna answer this. Oh. <laughs> Go ahead. Oh, wow, it's hot in my in my office right now. I'm so flustered. All right, here we go. All right, guys. So our next question. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of read it all out. Is there are people who kind of have at the root of their character a good moral philosophy? kind of live by the golden rule and they live nurturing and sacrificial lives. Uh, and these people even profess to um, even profess Christ as Lord, but they may not attend church. They may have never like prayed the official like prayer of salvation. Uh, but it seems like their lives are more honoring to Christ than those who claim to be followers. I don't know if you guys know anyone like this. I've met a few. Um, there's uh, I know that there's some folks in my family who kind of fall under this, this umbrella. Mm. Um, but I guess the question is in light of all this, can people still be followers and not attend church or go through the rituals of the church just provided that they profess him as Lord? What do we, what do we, what do we think uh, about this? Yeah. Cause I know I this mean, is actually probably becoming more of a thing. Yeah. That's, that's a, a hard question because like you said, I feel like in today's society, it's so much easier to quote unquote attend church um, because yes. every church in America, it seems like puts their sermons on Facebook live or, or has a website where you can watch sermons from the comfort of your own home, which is a great technology. And I love that feature, um, but it can make people 
maybe a little less apt to, you know, beat the rain and go to church on a Sunday. Um, but I do think, I, like, I think this is a valid question. Um, people can still be followers and not attend church. Um, I was just thinking about this in light of other cultures or countries, um, a place where meeting in a church is not legal. Um, maybe you have to, you know, mm-hmm. sneak around and, and maybe your faith is very secretive. Um, it's something that you have to do, but you still have that, that heart of serving and of, of caring for others. Um, so obviously they, they can have a, a relationship, but kind of going back to the other questions we've answered this episode already about community. Um, I think it's possible to have a relationship without necessarily being quote unquote plugged into the church or just, um, going on every Sunday and Wednesday, every time the doors open. Um, I feel like it can become a, a balancing act of you're not going to church just to go to church. Um, you're going to church because you need the community. Um, so I don't, I don't know if I answered the question, but I think it, it can happen. But to reiterate the previous questions we've answered, I would really stress or want that person to experience community. And maybe they, they don't go to church because of some hurt um, that's happened in the past. And obviously there is no perfect church. So there's a great possibility that someone has um, suffered a hurt or, or just an offense from someone in the church or a pastor. And so that, that needs to be respected, I think. But um, you know, if there's people in that person's life that can come around them and just love them and, and, and I don't know, maybe even start a quote unquote small group and just be with them. Kind of like we were talking about how we need to find community. I think that's so important. So. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think the, I I would just give my like short ish answer is I think it is, it is possible, very possible to have a strong relationship with the Lord and not go to church, but I think it is much harder, much more difficult. Um, I think the difficulty of life is, is amplified when you don't have, um, when you don't have the church and that support system of your faith around you. Um, and I think that like in some ways having church actually does make things more difficult. I mean, you mentioned having, uh, you know, having like hurts come up in the church and all that kind of thing, which we very much, we very much want to like validate. Those are, those are true. And the church needs to work on those. But for all of the difficulties that the church might bring you for going, I think that having a strong faith body around you uh, alleviates more difficulties than it gives. So that's my that's my short answer, Tanner. Yeah, I think um, yeah. If the heart of this answer, I mean, the heart of this question is um, go to church or not. I mean, you guys hit the nail on the head. Like, there's possibility um, that people can be strong followers. Uh, and not go to church, but I would say they would be stronger if they did, like kind of just to maybe encourage or dare someone to test it out. But um, at the same time, to answer a question that may not be there, um, I think kind of the motivations behind why people do what they do, so if they are very good people and live sacrificial lives and so on, if they're just doing that for themselves, in and of themselves, it's just going to be empty and, you know, shallow, if you will, even though if it looks great uh, on the outside. And so I think with what comes with, you know, that phrase of professing Christ as Lord mm-hmm. is this idea that of what Paul wrote about of basically changing allegiance, which is much of what repentance is, changing the allegiance of 
your own heart to God to rule and reign and to profess Christ as Lord in the time that he was writing to the Romans and the other churches was to profess someone besides Caesar or whoever was on the throne. And so, um, so instead of kind of doing good to do good, doing good because of this great faith and grace that we've been shown, um, I think leads to a life that wants to impact others and that's best done within community. So a long answer mm-hmm. to say community church is well needed, um, but I don't think that it is a requirement, um, if you will, for salvation, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, that's good. Yeah. Well, uh, kind of staying on uh, that same vein of uh, serious questions. Um, next question. Where are the turtles? Who asked this? <laughs> I really don't know. I've got to know. It was Shelby Tiffany. Of course it was Shelby Tiffany. <laughs> Is this a setup to a pun? <laughs> no. It's this feels like the setup to a pun. the office. Is it? Yeah, when... Oh, oh Cody. I'm so sorry, everyone. I'm <laughs> so sorry. Friends jab was going to get you. This one is going to hurt you. <laughs> so, well, tell, tell, me, tell me the reference when, so that I can feel I can feel involved in something. Yeah, it's when um, <clears throat> Dunder Mifflin is going, or at least Ryan is making Dunder Mifflin go more digital and asking that they all make their clients um, basically buy through um, digital means, but Michael... It's like, no, the old-fashioned way is best. He makes gift baskets, which include a bunch of things, including chocolate-covered turtles. He gives them to one of the clients he's trying to win back. Um, remember after he runs his car into the water? After, yes. Right after that, <laughs> he comes back because he says they don't deserve the gift basket. And yes. he gets the gift, ba- gift basket back, and it's missing one thing, chocolate-covered turtles. So he screams, where are the turtles? <laughs> all right yeah. all right um that's good. I'm into it. That's good. the correct okay. answer is i ate them <laughs> all right what is i ate them? <laughs> oh crap for real on a more serious note um what is your opinion on birds <laughs> increasingly becoming more known as quote-unquote government surveillance drones i have a question on this is birds a colloquialism for government surveillance drones <laughs> or is the government actually training birds to spy on us because i don't trust those sneaky little pigeon farters I f- as far as i can i feel like this would be a good conversation in light of uh, a cup probably a couple months ago the relevant podcast they were talking about narwhals and how <laughs> yeah. the russians mm-hmm. were using narwhals um what? No, they're yes. using narwhals. They're using beluga whales. Oh, beluga whales! They're because they all thought narwhals were <laughs> medical <laughs> creatures. <laughs> yeah, beluga whales. Weaponizing beluga whales. So, in in defense, we are um, tapping into the strength of birds and their bird's eye view. Look, man, if a beluga whale like pulled a gun on me in an alleyway, I'm out there. <laughs> I'm certain. There's, a, there's no way. A permanent smile I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna red dawn against Russian beluga whales. What were you saying? Tim? I'm saying they have a permanent <laughs> smile on their face. How do you not? Yeah, that creepy. Um, a dark alley. A smile could be a friend. You never know. <laughs> that was really poetic. Um, we are all something <laughs> on this episode. To answer this question, uh, I call um, baloney. 
uh, I think that this is the government has started a Twitter conspiracy uh, to cover up the fact that that every outlet across the entire nation has a microphone mm. in it. So they started this cool little trend mm. slash meme of birds being surveillance drones. Everybody could jump on that when really what you're plugging your chargers into every night. The art of distraction. Yeah, that's classic right. magic. And you know what? I read on my um my my new my new mother's Facebook group that the way to eliminate said microphones are uh, putting forks in the outlets. Uh-huh. So um, I'm going to try that after this podcast. Give us and some, I'll give you yeah, guys a update. text and let you know update how it goes. Yeah, I saw that link too. Was, you said Facebook, right? Yes. Yeah, it was It was weird though. I had to like type, like everything was in Russian, so I had to uh, Google Translate it. Yeah, that was, it was weird, wasn't it? I, usually the new mother's Facebook is like strictly in English, but... Um, yeah i'll let you guys know how it goes for sure yeah. that's good all right well we have uh last we're down to our last three questions um and these are actually our own questions for each other so i'll start um my question for you two is what is your favorite body part that's on like your own body i mean my obvious answer is my gigantic nose have you seen the utility of this thing? Uh, like if I'm eating a donut with both hands and I need to type out a text message, it's like perfect like fingertip pointedness that I can just kind of <laughs> like, like a bird. Are beat. your nostril, are your senses, are your, can you smell like? You have no idea how many things I can smell right down. You have no clue how many things I can smell. For instance, give me one second. <laughs> Tanner had Doritos with his lunch today. Correct, oh Tanner? Gosh. Yep. I knew it. I freaking I could smell him from all the way wow. in Baton Rouge. On his breath. <laughs> I'm like I'm like if a bloodhound took one of those pills from Limitless that could unlock 100 percent of his brain. With That's my great. Nose. That's a great so, visual picture. <laughs> thank you, thank Tanner. You. That's my you? answer. Um, I'm torn between two things. Okay. They're kind of a part of. It. Uh, I'm gonna say eyebrows. How about that? Ooh. I'm about to go look at a picture of Tanner um, and witness these what, eyebrows. What do you? What do you believe the purpose of the eye? Or why do you? Why do you choose that? To hold dust mites, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, I used to think they were just too bushy, but within the last two or three years, I've just accepted them for the greatness that they are. Yeah. So, Blake, what's your answer? My, I don't my think you answer gave your is answer. the earlobe. It's just uh, I don't know. Oh. Yeah, it's smooth. the earlobe, very smooth, smooth, so smooth. And I just Blake, do you uh, do you have a story involving small group earlobes <laughs> that you like to tell? I did. I did forget about that until just now. Um, yeah, we uh, on a weird night. I don't know how it happened or what what made us what birthed this idea. I really don't remember. But if you if you know why did how did it come about? Um, it feels like it came about from Tyler just saying we should do it. Well, Am I wrong? No, it was, uh, you know, I walked in, this was when we were at the community and Blake and myself and Parker would have like those meetings while y'all met. And we walked in and y'all were wrapping up and we was talking about praying or something. And someone mentioned, yeah, oh, those couples that like sit at church and like, oh, yeah. would, like rub I remember this back or whatever. And so I was like, oh, I've got one better. At my church, there's a couple that the guy, or was it the guy or the girl, 
like instead of just rubbing the back of oh, the no. partner, I rubs that. the earlobe. Yeah, and so we were like, I don't like that. I love it so much. How about we get in our prayer circle and since we're closing in prayer, <laughs> instead of holding hands, we hold each other's earlobes. <laughs> so that is what we did. We held each other's earlobes, said yep. prayer while we prayed. And I prayed, and I, I remember everyone was trying to like hold everything in, and it was just like random snickers. And I say, God, thank you for laughter. And it just burst <laughs> out into laughter. It's a good, it's a good I, moment. I stand by my fact that couples that rub each other's backs in church gross <laughs> me out. Oh, the back rub during worship. Greatest, greatest. Thing. I like it. I really don't know the purpose like of the it. earlobe, though. I am genuinely Piercing, curious. Right? Oh, all the earrings, right? Oh, totally. Golly. Style. <laughs> like you did. Fashion. Of course. Anyways. All right. Right. We look weird yeah. without it. <laughs> I'll go next. Mine, excuse me, that's a burp. Mine is if you could live in one house from either a TV show or a movie, which one would it be? I have some examples here for you. Like, Kim Possible's house or uh, the McAllister's house from Home Alone. Mm. Um, Did you ever watch Corey in the house? Yeah, I was thinking Corey in the house. (laughs) You get to live in the White House, right? Yep, yep. Get to live in the White House. Um, uh, I don't know. That is a good... I feel like my answer would be... I don't know. For some reason, I'm saying I want to say Miley's. I mean, not Miley Cyrus. Hannah Montana's house. Well, I guess Miley Stewart's house. Yeah. Um, Big open. Yeah, just it's a yeah, right on. And it's close to the beach, right? It's just yep. like open. Um, I feel like it's very well lit. Um, a lot of natural light. Um, the dad of the house seemed pretty cool. Um, I don't. I forget his name. Uh, Bill Billy Ray or Billy Ray Cyrus. Billy Ray Stewart for the show. He's um, going to take his horse down to the cano. Yeah, that's my answer. My okay. Nice. Cody? Cool. Uh, my answer, this is actually, this is an opinion that I've held ever since I first like started watching this show as a small young child and uh, continuing to watch this show since uh, 30 minutes before this episode. No, I'm just kidding. Mm-hmm. But the house is the tree house. From Codename Kids Next Door. Ooh, great. Do y'all remember this? Yes. Yes. So, oh man. So epic things. Yes. Yeah. Epic treehouse. Amazing. I'm about to type up. That's great. So so that's mine. I will say, um, yeah, back to my answer, not to steal your thunder, Cody, but the last season of Hannah Montana, one of the greatest seasons of any TV show ever. But back to your answer. I don't know if I made it to the last season. (laughs) Fantastic. Um, wow. Um, mine, I mean, McAllister's house is always pretty cool to me in Home Alone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Full mm-hmm. House house is already always pretty cool. I think my answer, this is tough because current Tanner wants to say the house that the um, Incredibles family got to stay in in Incredibles 2. Oh, that one that was super nice. Yeah, you know, mid century modern, very nice, really cool. But I think growing up, you know, seven-year-old to ten-year-old to fourteen-year-old Tanner, probably the house from That's So Raven. Uh, that thought came in my mind. It was probably too too many 
random colors and stuff. I agree. Yeah. But I just liked the whole setup, which I think the setup was very similar to the house from Keenan and Kel. But who's judging? Mm. I'm into it. Interesting. Somebody's going to be really disappointed in us that we didn't say like Hogwarts. Although See, I was really thinking, house. do we want to add that second question of if you could live in like one of those like dorm places, like Zoe 101 or Hogwarts? Yeah. Mm. It's Hogwarts every day. I but... think. I feel like everybody would pick Hogwarts for that one. Um, okay, you want me to give mine? So if what am I kidding? When <laughs> we make <laughs> billions of dollars on this podcast and we can and we all retired, hypothetically, if the three of us, given all the resources and time in the world, could start another business, what would that business be, and what would we do? In said business, I'm going to cast this off to y'all because y'all are the the big dreamers. Well, uh, many ideas on this, but the top idea, the the very tip top, we would uh, all three of us become uh, co owners, uh, CEOs mm-hmm. of IHOP, and uh, we would be known for having a person who uh, sweats <laughs> syrup. And at one of our locations. And so we would have the genius idea to tour him around the world. We would have a tour uh, and it would become an international tour. And then it would become an international house. Yes. Hence the eye. And then it would become an international house of pancakes. You're really just trying to land this plane, aren't you there, buddy? (laughs) (laughs) That's my answer. (laughs) Interesting. Mine was we, uh, so Cody, you may have to flesh this out. Do we all get a billion billion dollars each or is it just like split between us? I think it's just like the future family company coffers. So yeah. about, about a hundred dollars away from where we are now. Okay. Something like so, that. Yeah. I don't know if we could do this with just a billion, but we buy Waffle House. We have a guy that's... <laughs> let- <laughs> um i think like i think the the easy answer is we become entertainment like moguls not like uh tom haverford or or anything like that Uh, but i think what would be fun is if we created like a tv game show and hosted it or three tv game shows and each each of us has like our game show that we host Okay. Uh, that would be awesome. Follow up question. What are these game shows? See, I don't know yet. I think there's gonna be one that's gonna have to be biblically, you know, questioned or or you have to reenact um miracles. I don't know. This one airs on the seven hundred club, <laughs> yeah, obviously. Or the Hillsong channel or yeah, yeah. you name uh-huh. it. Um another one, I mean, I've always wanted a mini golf, like extreme mini golf game show Steph Curry just started that yeah he did I I used to love I mean Cody we talked about this and maybe we just buy this from Nickelodeon Legends of the Hidden Temple I knew you were (laughs) going to say Legends of the Hidden Temple (laughs) they have to have that set somewhere in a warehouse (laughs) they do they have to have boxes of t-shirts with silver snakes you know was it green monkeys or whatever 
climb down the stairs and up the ladder to the room of the silver monkey. Yes. Oh, dude, screw all of our other ideas. We are buying out and restarting Legends of the Hidden Temple. <laughs> and we're not doing some modern twist on it. We're doing it exact. We're we're using the same cameras they used back in the late 90s. Mm, yeah. Tanner, when you get married, like hold me to this. I your wedding gift is going to be a box set of all of the Legends of the Hidden Temple on VHS. Like I'm doing that 100%. Oh man, that's going to be the Ten thousand percent. Wow, that's a great one. See, I was thinking like, um, I was I was thinking more along the lines of like, if we just started a regular like small business. Oh, would so you, we, you want a realistic answer? Like a bakery. I mean, With I mean, the other ones are good. Dollars, you want a realistic? Okay, okay. Answer. Let's let's scale back from billions of dollars. Let's say that we got a small business loan, yeah. and we and we were. Thinking, I've got it. The three of us start a business. Go shoot. We like we buy like a, a nice size house, okay, with a basement okay. or, or enough, more than one floor. Yes, it is a bakery, coffee shop, mm-hmm. and a bar. Mm-hmm. Doubles as a place for maybe a house church or small group mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. podcasting studio. Mm-hmm. That's just mine. Which floor is which of this bakery, bar, coffee shop? Um, the basement is the bar, of course. You got to hide it. No windows. Naturally. Um, doubles as yes. Doubles <laughs> as a studio. Uh-huh. Uh Ground floor, bakery, coffee shop, top floor. I like. Um, it. just every room is jacuzzi. All right. So my- you know what? Full sand. Go ahead, play. What you My two ideas, quick. Uh, first. It is a restaurant. I feel like I've told you all this. I don't think I've said it on the podcast before, but if you have this idea, take it, run with it. It's awesome. We have a restaurant in a college town, a very high-end looking restaurant. This is a restaurant where you wear suit and tie. You wear a tux to this restaurant. You've told us about this before. <laughs> a five-star looking restaurant. Uh-huh. You go and you eat very basic college meals. <laughs> I.e. mac and cheese, yeah. peanut butter and jelly sandwich, ramen noodles, yep. but crackers, the presentation, and water. but the presentation is immaculate is <laughs> the best present. Like you, you have a nice, heavy, glistening plate with just a, literally peanut butter and jelly sandwich right on the middle of it. But some, some like some, I don't know, some some garnish, kind of like drizzle, some kind of yeah, some kind of something on top of it. Like a mint leaf on the yeah. side, you know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Food truck, beautiful. Like sorry. It's something you you Instagram. Like it's something that you take. But the the idea behind it is you're a young, you're a freshman college guy. No money in the bank. Thirty two dollars and seventy eight cents in your bank yes. account. The goal yes. you can both go, you can pay for her meal and leave spending less than ten dollars. Include but you get that, but that you get full like the experience. You can say it's good. We went on a date night. We went we went to a the the best place in the world. And uh, so I don't, I'm not for sure if I'm sold on this name yet. But me and my brother um, are going back and forth with names. Um, but we came up with cheap steaks. Nah. I'm like Ooh. cheap Ooh. cheap steaks. I like that. Um, but I don't know. Or I was thinking something more like fancy and 
refined, um, just like a high end name or something like that. But something okay. like go ahead. Spell like ramen in like a really pretentious like French looking way or something. <laughs> like ramen. Ramen. <laughs> Um, second ahead, quick idea, um, and I feel like somebody said that this is a reality in like other countries, um, but it's a coffee shop. It's again in a college town, uh, a mm-hmm. coffee shop that doubles or partners with a local humane society that you can have puppies at the coffee shop that are available for adoption. So um, you just have like your coffee shop and then like one of those garage doors that opens up into like a little playpen area where you can drink your coffee, study. But then if you want to break, go outside, play with some puppies. Oh man, I actually need a dog. You can adopt them right there on the spot. <laughs> you say I need a dog. <laughs> like <laughs> I'm swinging home from work. Ah, we need some buttermilk so we can make some cornbread. <laughs> <laughs> Comes back. Dog in hand. But yeah, that's my, uh, I feel like it would be a huge stress reliever. Um, also help the community. There you go. Bang, bang. Smart. Full send. Full <laughs> send. Um, what am I supposed to do? Do you have ideas? <laughs> oh. Are you just oh. using us for ideas? Is that Sorry. Yes, is? actually, that's exactly what was happening. Wow. Um, that's, he was writing down. You heard that in the background. <laughs> I've got like, I've got my own like personal business ideas, but I'm really trying to think about like what I would do with, okay, well, you know what? I take it back. I'm going to rope you guys into my own personal business mm. idea. Cause my idea here was a bakery, but with a tutoring space on the side. Um, and I'm doing this just because of the name and the name is of course, smart cookie. Oh. <laughs> And so uh, <laughs> the idea being that you get discounts if you're a volunteer tutor or tutee uh, at the bakery. You get snacks while you, tu- while you do tutoring. And this is really just combining two things that I love. So that was about it. Yeah. But I think that, uh, well, A, I think that Tanner would be like the best like leader of tutors mm. um, and like tuting. <laughs> Um, Blake. Oh my! Blake, God. I think Blake, I think you've you've actually so Blake would be great like customer service, hundred mm. percent. Could not see anything going wrong with Blake in the customer service department. <laughs> um, but I think both of you would be very firmly established in uh, the branding of the place. Mm-hmm. Like you could get us that that gram. Say what. I was already thinking of logos. Yeah, we've got three logos. Right. See, this is what I'm saying. For you right now. Um, like we just sent you logos in Gmail, but I think the <laughs> two of you would kick butt in like, we would have an Instagrammable interior yeah. like in zero time whatsoever. Yeah. <laughs> I've already that's got a rough sketch. So, um, we'll talk that's after. That's what I'm yeah. saying. As well as. That's, that's my business. Uh, I really like to cook and I really want to get into baking bread. So when. When there all you go. Our two T's mm-hmm. get too smart to be tutored. I'll just kind of hop in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to get, get tutored. tutored. <laughs> jump into the kitchen. <laughs> oh, gosh. Good. Where they can learn math and chemistry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, we are recording about an hour 30 in. Edit wise, <laughs> probably got. shorter. But oh, my gosh. <laughs> we have probably 20 minutes of workable content. I don't so know. <laughs> But it's time for recommendations. Does anybody want to start? I'll start. Um, and this one, I feel, 
uh, not equipped to recommend this one as of yet, but I'm going to do it anyways because both of you have recommended it to me <laughs> and I have just received it. So I'm going to recommend it now to everyone else. Um, but it is Warby Parker, the, uh, the glasses uh, distributor or seller, or I don't know what they are, their company. Um, they sell glasses for reasonably priced, uh, or re they're reasonably priced. Um, I recently went to the eye doctor and realized I need glasses after I did terrible on the eye test or whatever. Um, so uh, Cody and Tanner were both like, dude, you better do Warby Parker. I'd seen, they have, I'd, I've known about it for, for a while. Um, they've tried on glasses. I believe both of you have Warby Parker glasses, correct? I have three pairs. Lenses, frames, yeah. Um, so I got mine today. Fit really great. Um, I can see things now, which is cool. Um, but yeah, and actually went to the Warby Parker store in Birmingham, and that was a really fun experience. Uh, the store was super cool, very minimal. Um, all the staff there were very helpful. Um, it was just a great experience. Got the glasses ordered. It was super easy. Um, they shipped to our apartment here in Jackson. So uh, Warby Parker, that is my recommendation for this week. Check them out if you don't use glasses at all. Um, I mean, you can still check them out. Yeah, they have the uh, the home trial which is you get five pair for free um try them on for five days ship yeah. them back and i think this may be kind of morally uh, ambiguous but the relevant coupon code still works so if you want to type in relevant at the mm. coupon code section <laughs> by all means do it yeah do that cody guys the time has come because i can now finally recommend this because i finished it mm. I am recommending the entire Dark Tower series, mm. all seven books. I just wrapped it up last week. <laughs> uh, holy crap. <laughs> at the ending, at the whole, I, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but basically this, is, this seven book series is kind of Stephen King's uh, magnum opus, as it were. And the gist of it is you've got a gunslinger outlaw Western type, Roland Deschain, who is trying to get to the Dark Tower, which is the center of all alternate universes and kind of the pin that holds everything together, uh, which is currently under siege by the big bad, the Crimson King. So he's trying to both get to it and uh, save it. So it's your basic like seven book. Um, it's it's like a quest, like Lord of the Rings or like The Hobbit, a quest to get somewhere. But the real beauty of the book is Stephen King is a, incredible at writing believable uh, characters and having these characters go through arcs. And Roland's character arc is amazing. He goes from... I'm, I don't want to spoil anything, but basically it's about Roland learning to have friends. And this happens in like book two. So spoiler, but um, this book series is absolutely amazing. Um, it, it makes statements on like the art of creating itself. Um, it's, it's massive in its scope. I think that it's beautifully written. Uh, so yeah, it's also very hard R. So that's my one, <laughs> but the entire Dark Tower series. I love it. Love it, love it. So that's it. Sweet. Uh, magnum opus, a large and important work of art, music, Thank or you. literature, especially one of regarded as the most important work of an artist or writer. 
Yes. And Stephen King himself says that he feels like all of his other books are in some way about the Dark Tower. Huh. So uh, if you're into Stephen King, I think that it's required reading. So that's it. Interesting. Once I get out of seminary, that'll be part of my list of 100 books I need to read. All right. Um, my recommendation, I mentioned actually um, kind of in passing two episodes ago on the prayer episode. Uh, that's because I just got it in. Um, it was waiting for me when I got back from my Portland trip. So I've done two days of it. It is Seeking God's Face, Praying with the Bible Through the Year. Um, it is basically what it says in the subtitle, um, a book that um, for each day of the year has um, like Bible reading. Um, so normally it starts with a Bible song. So it's out of uh, one of the Psalms then a Bible reading. Um, then it's welling time where it just kind of, it's like a one short paragraph asking you to reflect on something specific, um, free prayer where it has like three bullet points for you to kind of pray through and be thankful for and things like that. Um, a kind of written prayer. So think like, um, book of common prayer or West Westminster's confessions and daily offices, things like that, that are uh, pre-written for you to recite basically. Um, and then a blessing kind of most of the time it is, um, I think every time it is a, uh, another Bible verse to kind of just, um, have your mindset on some specific blessing so far, uh, really enjoying it. Um, really thankful for it so far to kind of help me in my prayer life. Um, one of the things that was mentioned this last week when I was uh, at seminary classes, I forget the person. It was some kind of famous celebrity, or not celebrity, famous uh, Christian, uh, maybe a pastor or writer. I don't know. Someone that comes from a pretty Protestant fundamental background um, was talking about how basically they they feel like their spiritual life was kind of just uh, being drained and things like that. So they started practicing um, the daily offices. Are you guys familiar with this? I imagine Cody would be more than Blake. I am not. I'm not either, actually. So the daily office, this is an ancient practice that uses daily prayers to mark the times of the day. Um, like Anglicans use them. Um, so. Oh, and yeah. I have heard so of basically this. it's like what this person used it as. is like four, I think three or four different times during the day. Uh, mm -hmm. Kind of return to whether it's this specific book or kind of reading plan or whatever have you. Um, to kind of just be like on this rhythm or this cycle of bringing yourself back to scripture or God's word or prayer rather than just like opening up in the morning and then, you know, kind of have that window of about an hour where it's kind of in your head. And then once you get in the traffic, everything's just out the window. Um, yeah. And so this, you can use it. Uh, this book that I just mentioned, seeking God's face kind of in that way. Cause there's one, two, three, four, five, six um, different sections. You could use it that way. Use it all at once, whatever you want. Uh, but it's been really beneficial to me um yeah so with that being said that's this week's episode um as you know you can follow us on instagram at future family podcast or follow us on twitter at future family pod or email us any suggestions if you feel like you have a question now that you've listened to our q a ask us a question on email future family podcast at gmail.com we're probably going to do a q a episode down the line again because why not, right? I mean, surely you're not going to like cancel us or anything. 
right. Well, um, that is another episode, everyone. Thanks for listening. Um, and hey, if you enjoyed this one, then feel free to give us a five-star rating and leave us a nice little review. Subscribe and stay up to date. And please, as always, keep the conversation going. With all that being said, for Cody, for Tanner, and for myself, we are your future family. Family.